Every year for years and years around this time, we've had the Waterfront Blues Festival artistic director, Peter Damon. Let us know who's playing, even though it's April and the festival isn't until the 4th of July weekend. The big news is that after not having a festival in 2020 and having a truncated festival at Zydell Yards in 2021, the festival will return all four stages of it to its normal location at, well, the waterfront. Peter will run down all the headliners and some of the locals as he has not yet booked all of our friends and neighbors. OMN will be there, no booth this year, but lots of photographers and writers to bring you the flavor of the weekend. Right now, get ready to hear who's playing straight from the curator's mouth, Peter Damon. Hello, Peter. We're back once again for another year of this. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. We're back. Yeah. Have you been able to be doing any playing lately? Yeah, I've I've done some playing with uh, Tony Coleman uh-huh. and uh, with LaRonda Steele. We did as part of her um, Nina Simone tribute. Uh-huh. Went up to Vashon Island and did that. That was Great. really a fun gig. I bet. Um, I bet. And the Cajun band I play, or Cajun Zydeco band, Too Loose. Yeah. We've done a couple of Zydeco dances. So I'm not playing a lot, but I'm playing enough to sort of keep my chops together. Well, that's good. Stay plugged in. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. That's good. Did you were, were, did you stop gigging for for all that time? Uh, well, yeah, there were no gigs. I mean, yeah. You know, really. Um Though, with Tony, um, we had a little four-piece. It was actually the Peter Damon and Friends group. Tony was kind of under the radar. The, <laughs> the legendary drummer would, you know, come back from hanging out with Carlos Santana, and then he'd play at the Blue Diamond with me for like 75 bucks and a hamburger. So, <laughs> <laughs> he's a cool guy. He's, you know... Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He he's been he's on the, he's been, he's been on this podcast several times. One time in the middle of the uh, uh Black Lives Matter stuff. I just uh-huh. let I just I just opened the mic for him, you know. Just let yeah. him just let him go, you know. He's got a couple of opinions about things. I yeah. think so. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good guy. I I almost I almost punched him out once at the my our first meeting at the um Blues for Katrina right after the the flood, yeah, the hurricane in New Orleans, the big fundraiser we did at Waterfront Park. I was there, and t- yeah, and Tony was Tony showed up, and I didn't have a you know I didn't have a VIP pass for him, which he really thought I should have a VIP pass for him, and he also thought I should have kind of booked him into the event, and I just you know it had all come together so fast. Anyway, we got into this big row and. I was about to call the cops, and oh, then geez. I was about to punch him. And at some point, I went, "I better not punch this guy. <laughs> 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 I better not punch Tony Coleman. I'll get killed." Um, and uh, that was kind of the beginning of this really nice kind of friendship. So, uh, you know, there we've this, been your best friends ever since. I've I've had more than one friendship start off that way. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, well, it's such a treat to play with somebody like that. It's yeah. Just, yeah. You know, we put this um, Three Kings tribute together for the blues festival that happened last summer at the lot. Yeah, I had him on. Yeah. The, I had him on the podcast talking about that gig. Yeah, so we got together with you know, I mean, Mazako was on bass, who uh-huh. played with 
John Lee Hooker and yeah. and uh, Mike Osborne also, who played with Hooker, John Lee Hooker, and Chris Mercer had on saxophone had arranged and played the horn parts on Freddie King's, you know, a couple of Freddie King's albums in uh-huh. the 70s. So we had, you know, actual guys who had been, who played, and Tony, of course, had played with all three of them, Albert, Freddie, and Phoebe. Uh-huh. So we had our first rehearsal, and like maybe two measures into the first tune, we all just went, Oh my God, this is great. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, after like a year of nobody playing anything, yeah. to get together with people who like knew how to play this uh-huh. stuff. And the groove was so great. And the horns were there. Yeah. And, yeah. and Tony has a great voice for that kind of material, too. Oh, I mean, sure, sure. He sounds, you know. You ever hear his father strong. sing? Ever hear King Coleman? I've just I've heard about him. I've never heard him. I played him on I've played I'm him on on the radio. I've played him on the radio before. Um, uh huh. And a lot of it's really good. And uh, and he's but he's got this one novelty song called the Boo Boo Song, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, I, he there's a there's a whole album where he introduces uh, he MCs at the Apollo. King wow. Coleman. King Coleman does. Of course, he did yeah. the did the original Mashed Potatoes. Yeah, and uh, I remember with, hearing that. Yeah, work with James Brown. I probably heard him on it. You know, I probably heard him along the way somewhere. Yeah, but yeah. now that you've mentioned that, I need to go look actually, actually dig up some of that yeah. <laughs> source material. So we're having a blues festival, I hear. Yeah, you know, uh, we're moving back to Waterfront Park. Uh, Waterfront Park is the home of the festival. That's all there is to it. It's mm-hmm. where it's been integral to the success of the festival since day one. Yep. And, you know, we just we had to move back there. So we had to move back there partly because it's where the festival belongs, but also, you know, we, we really hope that this is going to be a catalyst for a part of the you know, the beginning of the recovery of downtown Portland. That's yep. what we, yep. we hope we're a part of that. Yeah. Definitely the city needs a big celebration like this, and this festival needs the city. So we'll see. But, you know, after all those years of just sort of seeing the festival sort of bring out the best in Portland and kind of just it really always seemed to me that the city kind of rose to the occasion and everybody kind of was on the same page and celebrating and yep. it was just a, such a joyful thing, you know, and um, we really need that now. So. All right. That's the idea. Uh-huh. That's the idea. This is the, this is the launch of Portland's 2.0. That's great. That's great. But you know what? You know what people really want to hear? <laughs> Who's yeah, playing? The, the headlines. Who's, Who's playing? playing? <laughs> well, opening <laughs> night is really pretty unbelievable. Um, uh-huh. Opening night, we we have the Suffers from Houston. Uh-huh. We have Mississippi Sounds, which is a North Mississippi slash Memphis duo that sort of does a combination of Hill Country Blues and 
meant for Seoul. Where are they from? Um, well, they're from Clarksdale and from Memphis. Huh. Wow. Um, Galactic is coming with their new singer, Angelica Jelly Joseph, who used to be a tank in the Bangas. Really? <laughs> you know, I was oh, I was really shocked. Cool. I was shocked to see uh, Tank and the Bangas do uh, the uh, national anthem <laughs> for. Oh, that would be fun. Well, you never know what they're going to do, but they played it straight. I mean, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, they, they didn't say anything yeah. nasty. <laughs> well, Galactic with uh, Angelica is really interesting because she brings she. I saw them at the Crystal a, a month or so ago, and they really were kind of swampy almost. Wow. I mean, Galactic was it, – it, she pulled them into this really cool kind of bluesy, swampy uh, realm that I had never heard them go to before. Wow. I mean, I really like Erica Falls a lot. She's a, an amazing singer. But Angelica is this really kind of gritty – added this adds this grittiness. Uh-huh. To the galactic thing, which is really cool. Do you know if Stanton? So, Stan, do, you know, then, do you know if Stanton Moore's still in the band? Oh yeah, yeah. He's That's still. great. Right. <laughs> I'm tra- I'm talking to him about maybe doing some sort of drum clinic and nice on the yeah. workshop stage. So I forget. I never never forget when I first moved here. I knew I was. I knew I had found a home when I was standing out in front of the Crystal Ballroom. Just one day, there wasn't a gig there or anything, but these two guys mm-hmm. were on the corner talking. About who was better, Stanton Moore or Russell Batiste? <laughs> that was 20 years ago, you know, 22 years ago. And I'm going like, Jeez. well, I think I've moved to the right place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I w- I'd like to listen in on that conversation. Yes. Um, then uh, who else do we have on opening night? Robert Randolph. Aha. And Grace Potter's closing. Huh. So... That will be. That's a pretty heavy day of a lot of interesting, diverse kind of you know hardcore. Tell, tell, tell the people about Grace Potter in case they don't know. Well, she's um, she had this band called the Nocturnals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of this hippie jam band. She did a lot of work with um, uh, Government Mule and and playing the sort of jam band scenes. Uh-huh. She she plays a lot of instruments, mainly Hammond organ. Hmm. Um, she's got a really powerful blues rock vocal voice, vo- a singing voice, and um, she's been you know she's been nominated for a few Grammys. She's mm-hmm. um, she's a pretty big deal. She's never, she's hasn't been out here for quite a while. She was supposed to come, uh, she was supposed to play the Crystal Ballroom like in April of 2020. And oh, just, boy. You know, yeah. the gig got canceled right before she got, got here. Huh. Before that, she had played the zoo and she had played with, um, on a, opened a tour for government meal, I think, mm-hmm. in the early part of her career. But, um, I'm really looking forward to hearing that. She's, yeah. um, great. She's a, she's a powerhouse. Yeah. Okay, onward. Um, onward. Yeah, Saturday, we've uh, the Wood Brothers are closing. Wood Brothers are kind of the Americana blues brotherhood of <laughs> sort of semi acoustic, um, cool band. I've been trying to get them to Waterfront for a bunch of years, huh. and that's finally li- lined up. 
Um, we've got all the chubby carry and, and all the Zydeco stuff happening happening on the front porch. Uh-huh. We have this uh, interesting um, up and coming guitar guy from Austin, Zach Person. He's an Afro American young guy. Plays. It's a kind of Hendrixy. Just he just plays with a drummer. And, you know, I wasn't thinking that that was necessarily really going to work, just a, a really, uh, just guitar and drums. But uh, I've heard I've heard him live recently, and they were, he was really pretty amazing. He's got a great voice. He's, you know, to me, he's like a more um, dynamic Gary Clark Jr. Aha. Aha. Gotcha. Um, Son Little who is a um, sort of a soul blues guy, up and coming, uh, interesting songwriter, producer guy. I think he actually, I'm confusing him, but I think he produced one of Mavis's records a couple, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But he's emerged as a songwriter guy in his own right. Hmm. Uh, we're having the real lady, eh? Hey, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Is that what yeah. she's calling herself now? That's what I call her. Yeah, well, you know? me too. I don't think me she too. Can, I don't think she can do I don't she can keep her name, but she don't think she can use the real name. I think yeah. there's certain stipulations in the settlement that she can't she can't talk about any of this, of course, but but I can. Good. But I don't know very much. <laughs> but anyway, she gets to continue on as Lady A while the antebellum folks also get to continue on as Lady A. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But no. Anyway. But anyway, Lady Lady A is going to be there. Um, Sunday. Sunday is a heavy day. We've got um, Warren Treaty, the gospel soul group. Mm-hmm. Really fabulous. Uh, young um, soul kind of Americana vocalist named Adia Victoria is coming. Mm-hmm. Cedric Burnside from Mississippi is coming. Nice. Bobby Torres and Claudia Lanier. Claudia Lanier and Bobby were on the Mad Dogs and Englishmen tour together. Yeah, yeah. I got to I got yeah. to interview her when when she when when he brought her into the to Jimmy Max. Oh, oh, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, she's she's interesting. I got I got a hug from Brown Sugar. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I know. Um, Ron Artis is coming on on July third, Sunday, Uh Uh and um, the Taj Mahal and the Phantom Blues Band are closing. Nice, nice. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be a fun day. Mm Hmm. July 4th, let's see, where do we start? Let's see, we've got this um, young acoustic blues guy named Buffalo Nichols. Oh, yeah. Um, Femi Cootie and the Positive Force. Nice. Afro pop guy. Yeah. He's coming back. He was one of my favorite sets of that prior time he played here at Waterfront. Mm-hmm. I love that set. Um Guitar player, singer named Judith Hill is coming. Mm-hmm. She's uh, 
she's another like Claudia Lanier. She she was the young Afro Asian woman who was featured in Twenty Feet from Stardom. Uh huh. She's one of the back. She was one of the backup singers. She worked with Prince and Michael Jackson and mm-hmm. was a finalist on The Voice. Mm-hmm. And her parents met in a funk band, playing in a funk band in San Francisco. <laughs> And are still the mother, the mom plays keys and the dad is the bass player. So they still tour with her. So that's kind of an interesting, that's, and she's she's really cool. That's great. It's really interesting guitarist, real really interesting singer, and she's she's like supermodel beautiful. I mean, she's just really oh. a stunning looking human being. Wow. Um, and then we will close. Oh, Andy Stokes is coming. That's great. I just uh, I just put his new song in, in on uh, on my radio show. Oh, good. Yeah, I love Andy. Yeah, man. Andy and and Miranda um, will do a duo duet of the national anthem, and um, the main stage will be closed by Lettuce. Ah. The funk band. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. that's going to be a pretty rousing day of of funk and everything else. Uh huh. It's it's still. Um, go ahead. Yeah, and there are a couple of other things I'm still nailing down, but that's that's the. And then of course there's all the regional acts, and which I haven't really gotten into, but you know. All those folks will be coming back. How many bishops coming out from Florida? Nice. Um, Big Monty is coming back from uh, Nashville. Wow. Um, he was very then, he was you know, very big in this town for a long time. Oh, he was huge. Yeah, back in the yeah. you know the nineties, his Big Monty, the Blue Binos, yeah. were like the thing. And he's, you know, for good reason. He's really, he's a great songwriter and guitar player and singer. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, to me, he's a lot more interesting than most of those power trio guitar guys out uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. Is Curtis, is Curtis going to be in? Voice. Curtis going to be in? Yeah, Curtis is playing. Curtis is in. He's in in a couple different ways. He's playing with his own band. Uh-huh. But he's also going to be doing a set with um, the Phantom Blues Band, who are really the guys that were on his last album, or one of his last albums. Yeah. So they've got a lot of repertoire together. Yeah, that's great. And the Phantom Blues Band, you know, they're they're essentially the creme de la creme of the backing guys from L.A. I mean, they play with Bonnie Raitt and... Yep. Um, yep. Uh, Eric Burden and Taj Mahal. Yeah, I think you know. they I think they backed up uh Karen Lovely one time on a on a recording she did in LA. I, maybe I could be wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. she did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna have how many stages? Uh we're gonna have all of the stages on that we have always had on the on the festival site. Uh-huh. North and south main stage, the front porch stage with the dance floor. The Crossroads stage, which is our workshop stage. Yeah. We are not doing the after-hours shows at the Marriott this year. Uh-huh. We just thought that would be um, 
something we could uh, take a break from because it was really a lot of work doing those. I mean, we're going to have our hands full. <laughs> anyway, we are going to do some partnering uh, on some uh, after-hour shows with some other venues around town that we're, we're still kind of working the details out about that. But mm-hmm. there will be some after-hours uh, celebrity jam sessions and things like that going on at some of the clubs downtown. We're trying to pull people, you know, pull people back downtown yeah. and into the clubs. I mean, that's that's what we are hoping to do. Is Are you, are you going to do the Journey to Memphis this year? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, that'll happen on the front porch stage on the 4th of July and the harmonica blow off. Uh, we'll have afternoon cruises. Really? On the Portland Spirit, yeah. We're not going to do any late night stuff on the Portland Spirit, uh, um, but we will do the after, afternoon cruises all, uh-huh. all four days. Who's uh, who, who, pretty sure? Who's leading the harmonica blow off? Uh, Kim Fields is going to do that. I'm not sure who all he's bringing in for that. Yeah, um, yeah. he he was I'm just hoping. Go ahead. I'm hoping he's going to can talk Billy Boy Arnold into coming out. Well, that's what I was. Just, I, I was just going to say that. I just had him on the podcast. That book's that book's amazing. That Billy Boy Arnold. Did you know Billy Boy Arnold when you were uh, in Chicago? Well, I knew of him, and I I saw him. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't that. Uh, I wasn't that deep into the whole into the whole scene and all the history and who played and recorded with him. I, I knew the guys in Muddy's band and the guys in Wolf's band. And, and, mm-hmm. But I, Billy Boy, I was kind of aware of, but not so um, up to speed on on really who he was at that point. Yeah. Well, that would be amazing if you could get Billy Boy on running here. Cause... Yeah, I think he's still kind of reluctant to travel. You know, yeah, it's just understandable. Yeah. I know. He's... He's getting old, and you know, just doesn't want to. Getting old, he's eighty-six. <laughs> yeah, but it would be really great if he could come out. I mean, he he played the festival, you know, twenty-five mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. One of the early years that I was artistic director, I think Hummel brought him out as part of his big touring harmonica show, uh, blues harmonica show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, it would be great to have him with Kim interviewing him on the workshop yeah. stage and yeah. stuff like that. But we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> so uh, there's still some surprises to come. Yeah, I'll say. Any any um uh except for Galactic and the um and the Zydeco people, any other New Orleans? Um let me see. Think about that. There's one that's kind of on the fence. I may okay. have a, a right. old spot opened up, but I haven't booked it yet. Well, we'll just, also, we'll just wait and be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> well, we also once they, you know, once Edgefield rolled out their big um, shorty show. Yeah. Which yeah. is over the same. Which is over. It's July third, I think. We kind of thought. Well, we're not going to try to compete on the New Orleans thing with. That package. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, um, for another year. Yeah. But, you know, Galactic and Chubby Carry, that kind of that covers a lot of territory. It does. It does. I'd love to see you book John Batiste one year. I guess he's 
might be out of, out of uh, might be uh, he might be too big now. Yeah, it's hard to say. He's uh, well, he did play. Mm-hmm. Um, I booked him at Waterfront. I don't know where exactly where he was. I think it was right, maybe the year after Katrina. Yeah. Yeah. I think he sang the national anthem for us that year. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't even think he was on. Was he even on Colbert by then? I don't know. Oh, oh, wait a minute! I'm, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of somebody else. I think you are thinking of somebody else. Yeah, I'm thinking of the of the vocalist. No, John Batiste. Actually, I made a big offer this year on. Did you? And I was. We were really hoping, but. We made the offer. It really, again, it was a big offer, very generous offer. And then, like the next day, the you know the three, the five Grammy nominations or whatever it was came in, and suddenly the price quote added another <laughs> zero. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. He was just out of reach. Yeah, it was actually eleven yeah, eleven think. nominations. He won five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he deserved them all. Absolutely. He's the king of New Orleans music right now. By far. Yeah, no, he's really cool. He's really, really so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was I just you know that would have been kind of the ultimate the ultimate thing because it all lined up. But yeah. he's just he's just so in demand right now. Yeah. So anyway, that didn't work out. One of these days maybe. Who knows? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, listen. Yes. One thing I wanted to ask you about is, I mean, I, and I hope it's not a touchy subject, but we used to be able to get in with cans of food, <laughs> and now it's 40, 40, well, 40 bucks a pop per day. Yeah. Well, when you could get in with cans of food, my rent in Northwest Portland was about one hundred and fifteen dollars <laughs> a month. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I so know. that's one thing. Also. Buddy Guy today costs at least 20 times as much as he did back in those days. Wow. And the idea that we would be looking at six-figure headliner fees, which Hmm. is not at all atypical anymore, but 25 years ago, it was rare that we would get into five-figure fees on artists. But yeah. now it's like six figures, you know, and um, it's expensive. And, you know, yeah, it's just plus the city of Portland gave us the park in those early days for five bucks. <laughs> now the park costs, you know, like one hundred fifty thousand dollars for the for the for the set up and tear down and oh use the whole. Wow. Is it for the weekend? So it's expensive, but you know you have to kind of pay for the maintenance on the park, and it's part of what keeps the park department going. Yeah, those yep. rental fees. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, the reality is musicians were underpaid in those old days. Yep. Yep. And you know the idea that we should be able to hear somebody like uh, Taj Mahal for like two cans of tuna fish. It's just like ridiculous. <laughs> I know. You know well, I said it, something like, I said something about it to like Buddy Guy's entourage at one point. It says, uh, Buddy does not want to be paid in tuna fish. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, that's not going to cut it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Uh, well, what are you going to do? It's uh, that's life, you know. That's that's yeah. that's, that's just life. It's still, I mean, compared to the, you know, concert tickets generally. Yes. Even at like right. thirty or forty bucks a day, it's really cheap. Yep. Yep. It is. It's really cheap. It is. Yeah. Well, uh, who are you going to get to play with? Who are you looking forward to playing with this year? Well, um, I'm. Uh, well, I, I will play with the Tubeless Cajun Band on the Zydeco stage. Uh-huh. Um, I beyond that, I'm not sure. It will be informal if I sit in with you know. I'll probably sit in on the boat with some people. Uh-huh. But I'm not. But none of my the other bands that I work with. And Loranda's playing with her family band, so I won't play mm-hmm. with her in that. Mm-hmm. And um, Tony is I'm pretty sure going to – Tony Coleman will be with his group, The Silent Partners, mm-hmm. that they're sort of reorganizing. The Silent Partners were a trio that backed up Charlie Musselwhite for a long time and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of blues guys. They would, you know, they would use them on recordings and – tour with them and anyway they sort of reassemble that group yeah so i'm i'm not gonna i might sit in with those guys but i'm not part of the official lineup of that i'm gonna have my hands full anyway. yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm i'm hoping this year because more than ever because uh, so many people have passed away that you they would find you would find some way to honor those people like carlton jackson's of the world well there are yeah we've lost a lot of important yeah. people in our scene in the last two years. So yeah. we've been thinking about it and Greg Johnson. You know. Right. And I'm not sure Pringle. exactly what we're going to do yet in Pringle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause Pringle, yeah, we still haven't had a festival where we've been able to acknowledge his, that loss, you know? Yeah. Um, Maybe I'm like sure something, maybe do, something, maybe something before the national anthem gets sung or something, you know, just, just somebody yeah. comes up on stage and acknowledges that, you know. Yeah. Uh, be we easy. may, you know, we talked about maybe putting together sort of a photo video montage like what you see at, at the yeah. Miami's or the yeah. Yeah. Oscars, you know, yeah. sort of. But, well, that, that, um, that would be good. That would be good. No, we're definitely going to have to do. We we need to do something like that for sure. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the horrible things about these last couple of years has been our inability collectively to acknowledge and process any of those kind of losses. I mean, how could we have lost somebody so important to the scene as Carlton Jackson and yeah. not having having had any sort of public gathering or I know. I know. memorial or celebration or anything. Yeah. I mean, he was such a big piece of the Portland music scene. I know. I know. I, I, I felt honored when they, when they rearranged the schedule a little bit at KMHD and they moved my Friday night show to 10 o'clock that they also added a replay after Carlton's show at 10 o'clock on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, but, he was. 
But I'll tell you the truth, you know, um, our the stories on Oregon Music News that have gotten the most clicks have been the obituaries. Uh-huh. I mean, it really says something about uh, about uh, yeah. those people, you know, yeah. who who we who we honored. Anyway, I think there's a hunger for that, you know, to a certain Definitely. degree. I mean, I you know, I still can't really believe that these people are gone. Right. Or Tim Shaughnessy, the bass player for Tulus. Yep. Who was you know, yep. big piece of my world. Sure. Sure. Yeah, and Carlton too. I mean, I didn't really know him personally that well. I mean, it's, I didn't hang out with him, but I played every Monday night at the Candlelight with him for at least five years. Wow! You know, and a lot of other gigs beyond that. So, yeah, yeah. As a musician, I really got to just totally adore. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, he was a joy to play he with. Was, he was. Anyway. He was. He was. a joy to be around. Yep. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was yeah. a really cool guy. Well, listen, anyway. this I appreciate you taking the, all this time out of your day to talk about this. Like oh, we, yeah. Like we always do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to it. My health doesn't allow me to even talk about having a booth or anything like that at the moment. But uh, uh-huh. part of my recovery on these, these two surgeries is to be able to get to the blues festival. <laughs> that's there you the, go. That's that's yeah. the big, that's the big goal this year. I'm not sure if yeah. I'm going to make it because it just sort of depends on when the back surgery is scheduled. But uh, right. that's right. that's my goal is to get is to is to get to the blues festival. And if I can, I'll just that's listen. all our goal. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> get to Waterfront Park. That is the goal. <laughs> the bowl is the goal. Well, it should be everybody's goal, as a matter of fact. So. It should be everybody's. Best yeah. of luck, Peter. Yeah. And like we always like okay. to say at the end of these, as we always like to say, that's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs>